Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today, Sunday, February 27, 2022. Our instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. May the Lord continue to bless him. We continue the Wednesday night week of the Will of God series. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, you are God. We come before you. You are our Father. You are our God. Look upon this world. Look upon those enslaved. Look upon those that you have redeemed. Look upon those who have been faithful in your household. Look up on those who have been unfaithful, Lord. And Lord, make a way for each group. For those who have known you, Lord, to remain steadfast and not to be distracted by events around them or their circumstances. But we're going to look unto you, my Father, my God. Unto your Son, Jesus, who for the joy that was saved before him endured the cross. That joy being the day he will see the sons and daughters of God in glory. Lord, we also pray that you look on those ones enslaved, that their bondages may be broken through the hearing of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which saves, which delivers, and bring to nothing all the prophecy messages that are evil and wicked. Men and women who charge for preaching the gospel of grace, pull them down, Lord, pull whatever establishments they have down so that you can redeem those who are being enslaved. And for Father God, your children who are standing fast, strengthen their arms, Lord. Let signs and wonders flow in their hands as they preach the gospel of truth, the gospel that delivers, Lord, to the dying world. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this message today, upon all who we hear, Lord, that there be deliverance, there be healings. Father, they will go forth to preach the gospel. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Serious outline. We already know what up to five. Next one we go on the board from six to ten. Today we are nine. Charge not for doing God's will. Many who claim to be children of God. Pastors, Jews, bishops, whatever name they go by, I don't know. Who charge for doing God's will have fallen from God's grace. Next Sunday, we're going to speak on time, that very precious commodity. And we'll be concluding this series that day. If you have not been watching our series, I encourage you to please go back on our WhatsApp page, on our Facebook page, on YouTube. Today's topic, charge not for doing God's will. The outline, give as freely as you have received, number one. Number two, it is not God's will for 21st century young persons to end up in hell. Until I'm going to plead with you all, everyone, unbeliever, believer, backslidden, bishop, 
Archbishop, General Vassie of billions or millions, return to the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We go to item one. Give as freely as you have received. First scripture. We're taking from Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 to 10. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Verse 8. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Curse those with leprosy. And cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Number 9. Don't take any money your money belts. No gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who walk deserve to be fed. Note all the underlines because we are going to speak about it, about them. At the cross, you and I surrendered our sinful lives to Christ, those who have repented. In return, Christ gave us a new life. But that new life doesn't belong to us, it belongs to him. Because it's that new life that made us citizens of heaven. Therefore, everything a child of God has belongs to God. Everything. Our new life is by the grace of God. We didn't merit to be saved. None of us merited to be saved. We're not good because we're saved. No. Why were ye sinners? Christ died for you and I. God is not protecting and guiding us his children daily because we merit it. No. It's still unmerited divine favor. So whoever claims to be Christ have no right to charge for preaching the gospel or for praying for another person. God's grace, power, and love are not for sale. The Lord commanded his apostles and by extension those who believe in him and follow him. In the verses we read, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. He told them, heal the sick, raise the dead, curse those with leprosy and cast out demons. Note where I'm coming. Give as freely as you have received. So that's the motto of our ministry. The statement, give as freely as you have received, couldn't be any clearer that Christ followers must never charge for preaching the gospel. Yet many who claim to be pastors, bishops, elders, general overseers are charging people for those things that don't belong to them. All you have to do in whichever city you are, especially in the more affluent parts of Africa, and you will see firsthand the evidence 
that pastors and overseers are charging for the gospel of Christ. Being bought with posters of their large images, advertising their exploits, inviting people to their programs with such catchy phrases like, come and be healed, as if the power belongs to them. Come and be delivered, as if the power belongs to them. Come and you have your financial breakthrough, as if the power belongs to them. These people are using false advertising to lure people to their buildings called churches. Or to crusade grounds. They can't be doing God's will. We're not called to advertise. We're not called to lure people with catchy phrases. We don't have the power to heal or to deliver. Everything is done by God through us when we are in His will. So when we're advertising, we can't be in His will. Unfortunately, many fall for those catchy phrases. And those who fall cannot be doing God's will because say, if you're a believer and you fall for such catchy phrases, you don't have God, God in you. Because if you did, he would have told you, don't go. But if we're an unbeliever, what can we say? Even if he goes there and believes, he's believing on that pastor, the general seer, not on Christ. This is why many said they have repented, but yet they are still in the world. Let me ask you a question. Who do you think we pay for the cost of those large billboards, the adverts? Sometimes running in thousands of dollars. It is you who have not sought God's face before attending services in those buildings called churches. He's not going to bring their money from his pocket or her pocket. You are going to pay. Have you ever been to some of those programs or services and there is no solicitation for funds? Have you ever gone to one of those things, come and be healed, come and be delivered, and there are no calls for what? Offerings, tithes, sowing of seed. Have you ever gone? Tell me one, and I'll pull out from here. Why do you think they try to sell you promises of hundredfold returns if you give large offerings or sources for the pastor or the preacher? And for those who are falling for those lies, if you are honest, it's often your greed that made you not to question those false doctrines if you're a believer and, know, and supposed to know the truth. Why do you think unbelievers often laugh? When you and I go for evangelism, why do you think many don't believe the good news anymore? It is because of the false doctrines. Unbelievers see these buildings called churches and most ministries as business concerns. If we are being honest, those ministries and buildings called churches who engage in such unbiblical practices are fraudulent outlets. Worse, they're enemies of the gospel of Christ. Only God heals, and only He chooses when and where that happens. No human being heals. Let us look at verse 10. 10b. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 10b. 
One second. Sorry for that interruption. I had to adjust something. Let us look at verse 10b of Matthew chapter 10. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who walk deserve to be fed. Many unscrupulous persons parading themselves as pastors have often used verses like this to demand money from their followers. In the verse we are talking about, the Lord told the apostles to accept hospitality we are offered. We are offered. Look at that. We are offered. No, we are solicited. He didn't ask them to solicit. He said, we are offered. Don't refuse. Take. He didn't tell them to go seeking compensation for their labor from those they are preaching to. God will put into the hearts of those hearers when and what to give to those preaching the gospel. It's God only who will tell the audience individually what to do and not to do. No one should deny those listening to the good news that blessing of hearing directly from their Father in heaven. Those who use false advertising and worldly marketing techniques to brainwash their followers or audience into giving them money and making them to give by compulsion. You are marketing, you are selling a product or products. Yes, so they give, but truly they, were, they wouldn't have given had they not solicited. Why don't you allow them to give freely, meaning no solicitation in your services? And then they go home, someone says, the law says, why don't you do ABCDE? That is the point we're making. That way they have fellowship with their father who is in heaven. He teaches them how to give, when to give and when not to give. Let me make a point here, very seriously. Whoever thinks that preaching the good news is a work that must be compensated for, shouldn't be afraid to ask God now for that compensation. Ask him, he's the one that sent you. Not your hearers. They didn't say, your hearers didn't send you. Your audience didn't send you. Your followers didn't send you. You say God sent you. Why don't you go to him and ask, please, Lord, compensate me for this work I'm doing. After all, isn't it God who is the owner and Lord of the vineyard? It is not God's will for 21st century young persons to end up in hell. This is the next item. I read a scripture from Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. That's the instruction we're giving to those who repent. Say, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. Praise the Lord. True servants of God. 
know that preaching the gospel of Christ is not work. It's not a job. It's not work. It's a calling. It's a call God has made to all his children. They would rather die than to make false representations or to market Christ using worldly techniques. They know that it is God's will for children to preach the gospel. They know that so long as they're doing the Lord's business, God will take care of them and their needs. They followed the examples of the elders in the early church who gave right and take from their followers. Remember Barabbas? Remember Paul? All those people. Those elders in the early church didn't want their audience to think that they're preaching to enrich themselves. That's why they never sought and asked for, because they know that's wrong. Sadly, in the 21st building school churches, that's what they are, building school churches, messages on how to become rich through following some unbiblical principles abound. Most people find those messages very attractive. Hence the millions, especially the young people that flock to them. Human beings like to do the least amount of work to get the most return. Hence, they love the message. It's like, give 10% of your earnings and God will multiply it a hundredfold. Oh, yes, beautiful. Or sow a seed and God will multiply the amount you have sold. You know, you don't just give them money and the thing will just be replicated. 1,000% interest, maybe on your money. Just go to YouTube, Facebook and other social media pages. This is the home of the young people. It's not for ordinary people. And you will see the number of views on teachings and testimonies. The number that viewed those teachings that, that promote worldly prosperity, miracles, and testimonies. Most of those testimonies are fake, false, wicked, and evil. But people are prosperous. The young people spend their time with their smartphones. That's all they buy. Evil communication corrupts what good manners. And by implication, evil communication takes away even the little grace that is in your life. But of biblically some messages, very few views. Let me make a point. This delusion is not accidental. The young have developed itching ears. Based on years of hearing unbiblical messages promoting greed and watching their parents. I'm making a very great point here now. So now they have their hearts lusting after that world that God has saved them from. Remember, I'm not talking about young believers, Christians who are young in age. Why you love YouTube? Why you love Facebook? To only look at those things that talk of miracles, signs, and wonders and prosperity. You didn't hear anything else. We are not brought up on. Biblically, some messages. So you can only eat the type of food you have been used to. So I'm going to read the scripture now. I solemnly urge you, this is brother Paul writing to brother Timothy, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, and therefore I'm also urging you, hear my hearers, listen to brother Paul today. I urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday join the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorably 
That means it's favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebook, and encourage young people, young people with good teaching. Young people with good teaching. I'm today repeating that to you, young people. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. That's biblically based messages. They will follow their own desires. And we look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Why do you think you run to this uh, worldly prosperity church, beautiful <laughs> churches? You have itching ears. He says in verse 4, they will reject the truth and chase after meat. That means make believe things that have no basis in anything. Verse 5, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. If you have greed in your heart, you can't keep a clear mind. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. This was taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For a time is coming. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Does anyone spiritual doubt that many young believers do no longer listen to wholesome teachings? Is anyone spiritual doubting that? That many are following their own desires? They choose what they will listen to. They choose what they will watch. But of the Bible, they neither read except to pick those verses to use to ask God for one thing or the other. Because that's what their parents taught them. Many young people are lost, Christians are lost in front of the world and love their things. Because their parents and their pastors told them it's alright. They have no time to listen to biblically based messages. And like I said, they hardly read their Bibles. It's a chop. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. Listen. It says, Young people will reject the truth and chase after meat. What can be more mythical than those false doctrines being promoted by worldly prosperity pastors and general overseers? Those doctrines that are completely against the gospel of Christ, but which pander to this world, the world that is dying. And what I will disappear any moment from now. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2b. Patiently correct. We've been doing that in this ministry. Rebook. We've been doing that in this ministry. And encourage your people with good teaching. We try to give you good teaching by God's grace. That's why I'm following Paul's word about to Timothy. So the young of this generation. Please pay attention to your generation. I love you. So many sad stories in my country of birth, and indeed in all of Africa. Africa, take note. Nigeria, my country of birth, take note. The pursuit of wealth, material wealth by the youth is so pervasive. Many young persons are willing to do anything, even killing their fellow human beings, in the mistaken belief that doing so, such a heinous act will bring them riches. Just make this calculation. 
If the newspapers are reporting, sometimes about 10 rituals is being caught in a month with too much spare parts in a particular country in Africa. Imagine how many were not brought to justice. It is not a stretch of it to imagine that more than 90 could be getting away with such great evil every month in that particular country. How did we come to this wicked junction? The generation before mine, that's those older than my generation, and my own generation, had such great opportunities. In our young days, work, hard work was encouraged and celebrated. Sadly, my generation and the one before mine turned around to destroy our children and grandchildren. The young of Africa don't know any better. Most blame for the current anomaly is on us, their parents and grandparents. In our quest to elevate our children and grandchildren over their peers, we abandoned those ethics and teachings that made us to be successful in our time. Nepotism, favoritism, tribalism, that of the day in Africa. Grandparents and parents buy certificates and employment for their grandchildren and children. In the 1960s, my generation read well-written books by such people like William Shakespeare. West African history was introduced in high schools in that period. Today, the history of my country of birth especially the period of his war of infamy, is shrouded in secrecy. The young people of each tribe have taken whatever stories they have from their grandparents and parents as truth. The result, the tribal divide, even among young people who claim to be followers of Christ. Movies, that's what you call them now. We used to call them films. We are shown in schools and colleges in the 1960s. They were very educational. Many young people in my generation had well-rounded education. Not everyone had high school education. Some went to technical colleges, while others learned some form of trade, skills with their hands, carpentry, welding, mechanic. They all did well with, with those skills because there was respect for labor and human dignity. There was human dignity. That means the rich didn't think himself or herself too big. Remember, I'm talking about the general population. I'm not talking yet in the Christian community. I'm coming to that. Alas, my generation and the one before us, so highly favored, turned around to pollute the waters. We destroyed Africa. Let us look at the arts. Nollywood, they say is the third one in the whole world now. They do movies. It has done a lot of harm. In promoting wealth creation through rituals, I know some of those involved claim they are just acting. Please give me a break. What is didactic or what is the teaching about killing people to make money, which of course in most of your movies? Tell me what. What are you telling those who are watching? Our young, impressionable minds see only the product. 
They believe ritual killing to make money is real because you have dramatized it. After all, how come those actors interpreting those roles are so rich? They wonder. Must be just something there. So you have some responsibility and culpability. If you are not talk of a work of fiction, and there's nothing to be learned by your reader from your book, you fail as a writer. If you are not taught in a movie or a producer, that's a work of fiction, and there's nothing to be learned by your audience from your movie, you fail as a producer or an actor. I don't believe art for art's sake even by the unbelieving world standards. What then shall we say about the third leg that has misled the young of Africa? I'm coming out to the what, what you call the Christian community, but I would say apostate Christian community. Pentecostalism has been in Nigeria since the 1930s. The number of those belonging to the three known Pentecostal groups, they were very few when compared to the number in the denominational organizations. In the early 1970s, Christian unions sprang up in many university campuses in Nigeria. The new converts had loss of zeal, but in retrospect, looking back, lack of knowledge. From these Christian unions in Nigerian campuses would arise many leaders of what would become Nigeria's version of new Pentecostalism. Whenever I talk neo-Pentecostalism, that means it is against Pentecostalism. Meaning it is not the true Pentecostalism. And that's where what the prosperity movement belongs. Evangelists from the United States of America swamped Nigeria and Africa in the 1970s. Books and magazines on healings, faith and miracles flooded the country. Those books and magazines were must read. I would argue most of those books replaced the Bible for many people. Fast forward to the 1980s, more and more believers read books promoting worldly prosperity, more than they read the Bible. Books with sound biblical exegesis were in short supply. That's books with sound teaching. Few wanted them. And this is what we call a demand and supply, right? Right? When you have demand and supply, if people want it, the booksellers are not going to stock those books. Why would they carry such books when few are looking for them? So they brought the books that everybody wanted faith, healing, miracles, signs and wonders. The three Pentecostal organizations existing before the advent of Neo-Pentecostalism began to embrace the doctrines of Neo-Pentecostalism. You see, they saw their members running off to these churches. <laughs> so they had to now embrace those false worldly prosperity doctrines in order to keep their people in their groups. So I will say this, honestly and respectfully. Most Pentecostal organizations in Nigeria are posted, and indeed in Africa. The normative doctrines of Neo-Pentecostalism, look at, hear me now, tithes, sowing of seed, and worldly prosperity is leading many young believers astray. That is why our young believers are after money, 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 money. 
That's why they want to be pastors. Yes, that is why. That's why you have polluted the whole country and the whole of Africa. You have the greatest blame because unbelieving, unbelieving parents can have an excuse. Unbelieving political leaders can have an excuse. But what do you have as an excuse? For leading the young of Africa astray. I don't know how you leaders of neo-Pentecostalism sleep at night. I don't know. Each time you blame the country, you blame the political leaders. No, you are responsible. You who know better, but turn to just mammon and teach mammon. You are responsible for the evil in Africa. To you, pastor and Jew, who have been teaching worldly prosperity, I'm promoting mammon for so many years. I ask, how can you reconcile what you have been selling with the gospel of Christ? How can you? How do you sleep at night? Are you not aware that your teaching of unbiblical world prosperity has contributed to a large extent the desire of young believers in Africa to pursue wealth with their work? They don't want to work. They want to be pastors. They want to fly jets, own their own jets. Ride Rolls Royce, ride Lamborghinis, ride Ferraris, live in well-appointed mansions. Isn't that what you guys display and show them by your worldly prosperity teachings? Why do you think most of them want to be pastors? Why do you think the young believer in Africa wants to be like you? Why wouldn't they want to be like you? You've shown them that, that you can inherit the world and inherit heaven too. You have no visible means of income, and within a few years become rich. They know. So they want to be like you too. Why should they? Why should they struggle? Why should they get a profession, get a trade, and learn a skill or do something useful for the world and for the church? Let me conclude this section by saying to the youth of Africa, I'm addressing you who have believed it is not God's will for you to end up in hell. That's why this message has been made today. It is not God's will for the young of Africa to end up what? In hell. Because your parents, grandparents, and your pastors and Jehovah's years misled you. Make a break. Cut it today. Let me also say to the youth of Africa who has not believed. If you are an unbeliever, you are youth, but you have not believed. It is not God's will for you to end up in hell also. I know some of you have not believed. Because of what you have been seeing. Why would anybody believe if what you are, if they are preaching the world and enjoying the world and are telling you of heaven? No, you can't believe them. But now you know the truth. I urge you to repent today and make Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior. And it will be well with you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to plead with everyone. To return to the faith once or delivered to the saints. I don't care whatever title you hold. First, the believers of my generation and the younger generation who repented in the 1990s. Because then things were, they, had gone, they were already bad, but not so bad. I'm addressing you first. Believers of my generation. And the younger generation who repented in the 1990s. I have a message for you. You used to be fervent. You used to hear from the Lord. Suddenly you became quiet. Why do you think so? If you walk your mind back, you will know that you lost contact with God when you embraced the gospel of mammon. 
That was because you were no longer walking in the will of God. Starting well and not ending well is, is not good. I'm using this broadcast to appeal to all who were very fervent. Serving the Lord in the 80s and 90s. Some of you I know, some of you know me. Take a pause and reflect on the things we have pointed out in this broadcast. I'm using this broadcast to sound alarm. That's the next group. To all the young believers of Africa. Please. Know that most of the things your church leaders are teaching you are false. They are unbiblical. I ask you to stop reading those books on faith, miracles and deliverance. Read your Bibles so you know that what you are saying is true. To the Lord, to the testimony, if they don't speak according to God's word, is not from God. I see some of your posts and adverts in the social media. Some of you are not, and it breaks my heart. I say it breaks my heart when I see a young person touting things that are totally unbiblical. I say you're a pastor. If you're a young pastor and you have been touched, please take a break from your pastoral duties and go to the Lord in prayers. <laughs> Whoever is convicted, please get in touch with us. <laughs> we don't want anything for you. We just simply to share ideas and see how we can together help the young believers of Africa. And help also preach the gospel to the unbelieving youth. The Lord may use you to bring so we can all share ideas how we can because it is that bad. It is that bad. I say it is that bad in Africa, especially among those who say they are believed. They are the young of our generation because they were fed on diet of evil and lies. They were not told the truth. They can't read their Bibles. They can't even spend five minutes in their Bibles. It's always on the smartphone. Take it, yes, blessings, glory, honor, finish, that's all. No. On your knees, your closet, talking to the Lord. I speak out of love and sadness because it grieves my heart. I'm a parent, I'm also a grandparent, lest we forget. And I know it grieves my heart. And God knows it grieves my heart. That's why this message is brought today. Because if you are not in God's will, you can't understand this message. But if you are touched and you come into his will, you know that this message was sent from him to you. We're going to sing a song by God's grace. And the song is Take the World, Forgive Me, Jesus. I know they promote the world for you, but we're saying today with this song, Take Jesus right on the world. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name. That's the world's joys. But God's love abided forever. Through eternal years, the same. Oh, the height and depth of God's mercy. Oh, the length and the breadth of his love. Oh, the fullness of redemption. Pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Sweetest comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching over me, I can sing. Though billows roll, 
Oh, the height and depth of God's mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of God's love. All the fullness of his redemption. Pledge of endless life above. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, thank you for today. Your blessing, your glory, the honor that belong to you, Lord. Father, enshrine these words into the hearts of all who have heard. And may your perfect will be done in every life that hears this message. Father, cause a newness, a change, especially in the youth of Africa. And touch those men and women of the belly who have gone to charge for preaching the gospel. Even those, most of the gospel they preach is mutilated. Mutilated. Open their eyes and their heart, Lord. And when they repent, Lord, I pray for them that, Lord, you restore them. And through them, Lord, use them, Lord, to draw many more away from this evil in our land. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all in all evangelical ministry. Father, I thank you for everything. You are God and you are merciful. Hence, you send this message. I give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I plead with you. I'll see you next Sunday by His grace.